Welcome, 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 everyone. This is Taylor with Millennial Mission. I'm excited to have you here today. This is episode five of the Millennial Mission podcast, a dream for our generation. It's it's going to be really epic. Thank you guys just for listening. Just so you know, you wherever you're listening to us on, you can also listen on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and of course, on our website, millennialmission.org. And we really want to know what you guys think um, in response, so please comment there. Thanks. I am excited. So, oh, I'm, I'm really excited. So, just so you guys know, if you've, maybe you've listened to the podcast we've had before, whether it's a Millennial Mission podcast or a My Story one, all the Millennial Mission podcasts, you know, all of this so far, it's been, it's been part of the plan. We've been building up a base of users, um, a base of, you know, content so people can go back and binge, but it's all been for this. And this is the pivot point. This is it. This is when things start to happen. And that's why I'm excited. So this podcast is called A Dream for Our Generation. And I do have to admit, first off, so um, this Millennial Mission podcast, just it's who it's intended for, um, just audience, just so you know. I mean, you're, of course, anyone's lo- welcome to listen. But who, what it's aimed at um, and who it's aimed at is Catholic and Christian young adults. If you don't fall into that range, yes, awesome, listen to it. I would particularly suggest that you know if you are you know not a Christian or um, not Catholic, agnostic, atheist, you know, whatever other whatever religion or wherever you um, I don't I don't want to say label or define yourself, but wherever you wherever any anywhere ever <laughs> wherever else you would be. This is confusing me because that's confusing. You, I would really recommend that you listen to the My Story podcast because that's, I think you'll really like it. It's people authentically sharing just the story of their life, all their struggles, um, all the good parts, all the highlights, um, their struggle with faith, whether it was with a doubt and losing faith or getting it back, all over the board. I would really recommend that you listen to this because this podcast is aimed at um, the generation I'm a part of and I'm speaking to you right now. I'm not speaking to adults telling them how they should um, run things, how to do that. This is this is for us. And I hope in my own way, my own humble, messed up, poorly produced podcast that this voice can happen. So it's called a dream for our generation. And the dream, um, I think it, the dream, when you have a dream, it first starts with a problem. And the problem if we're just being honest, is a just collapse of faith in our own generation. I don't mean, you know, entirely collapse, but I know looking back in my like life and like people who I um, grew up with, and for me, you know, my journey, 
my journey of faith, you can listen on the first um, episode, one of the My Story podcasts, which is you can you have my journey of just my life and faith is a big part of that. For me, you know, it wasn't a straight line. Like I had a really profound encounter uh, with Jesus when I was going to my freshman year of high school and then kind of started to dabble in faith stuff, started going to youth group, started really making an effort in church, um, in my church, even though I didn't totally, you know, feel a part of it, was still figuring out a lot of stuff. Did a missionary year that really had a profound impact in my life and then went to college, uh, kind of ebbed and flowed until a point when I basically completely lost all of my faith, my ability to believe in anything, and was more of an agnostic during that time, even though I was still going to church and still involved in some ways in the leadership, and then had a pretty, and I, it was like that for nine months where I didn't really believe, I couldn't find myself able to believe in anything for a lot of different reasons, um, but then had a prof- kind of a profound experience and came back to like a relationship with Jesus. So like I've kind of been like in all these points and my dream um, for my generation and for our generation is to tackle this problem of a collapsing like amount of faith. Like if you go just into the numbers, um, it's very clearly, and you know, these aren't statistics, these are people that our generation, so millennials, whatever you want to call us, I've heard other names like mosaic generation, whatever, cutesy little names, but we have the lowest, like at least percentage-wise, like the lowest like degree um, of faith, lowest amount of people that are Christian, lowest amount of people who pray every day, um, lowest, lowest amount of people who are religiously affiliated, all the above. And I see this problem and just like, I don't know if you as a Catholic Christian, when you go to church, I really hope your church is one where you go to and you see a lot of other people your age and people who, you know, far from perfect, but are trying to figure things out in faith or maybe have had a really profound um, encounter with Jesus or are really faithful or who have a really awesome community. And hopefully, you know, these people aren't judgmental, um, turning you off or other people away um, from faith and from this life um, that comes from knowing and following Jesus Christ. and But I'm going to be honest, in most churches I go to, you know, there aren't many young adults. It's a little different because Catholic, um, there's been a little bit, definitely much more of a struggle within the Catholic church and, may, you know, places where I've lived as opposed to other ones. But I've also been in churches that are much better on average, especially in the Catholic tradition, and they're struggling to have young adults and people are asking, I hear people, you know, I've, I've just a full disclosure. I mean, maybe you guys would know this by now, but I work in campus ministry. Um, as of now, I'll, I'll be finishing up my job in a month and I'm moving out to Denver, but I've, you know, worked in the church. Um, and my job has been aimed at young adults for like the last three years. And I'll be honest, most churches don't have a clue don't even have any idea of what to do with people of our generation. They have no idea how to attract them. And in all honesty, most of these churches, they are doing the same things, you know, that they were doing as far as young adult stuff in the 1970s when everyone was, you know, singing Kumbaya. Um, (laughs) Things that just don't work anymore. And if you really ask 
you know, these people that are leaders at these churches, they desperately want to reach young adults, to reach like our generation, to reach millennials. But they have no idea how. And even at times, you know, I've witnessed a lot of time and been a part of different initiatives where, you know, young adults in a church are like, okay, we're going to take it upon ourselves. We're going to do something. We're going to start something. And for whatever reason, you know, it just doesn't work. I think a lot of times is because don't have the freedom um, to do it ourselves, to do it how we want to do it. And I think a lot of time, and on all honesty with me, forming these groups and being a part of it or seeing this happen time and time again, that people who just straight up have no idea how to run, how to start a successful young adult group, and even to reach the main goal of which is to evangelize people and to encounter people exactly where they're at in their life, in their mess, and invite them and to encounter Jesus and follow him and to live this like life of the faith that just changes everything about them, but not taking away, you know, things that are, you know, taking away the good things in life, but enhancing everything and taking away and helping them grow in the things that they struggle with. And that's the goal. And Jesus, like, he gives us, the church, a mission. So this is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. He says, and this is his mission for everyone, everywhere, every Christian and every Catholic Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. What what does he tell us to do right there? He tells us to make disciples. He tells, you know, he kind of tells us how to do it. um, And he tells the other parts. He tells us how to do it, other parts of commanding. But the thing I would say out of that, that we're not doing most, um, so going out. So first is going out. Like we are not, Going beyond our church, we're not getting outside of our doors to meet people in the real world where they're at. Um, we're definitely not making disciples on any you know large percentage of you know disciples. And what I disciples means there's people who are actively following Jesus in their everyday life. And I don't mean to discriminate and saying like someone isn't and someone isn't a disciple. Someone is and someone isn't a disciple. Like I can't really make that call in someone's life. But what I can say is look to the original disciples because that's who Jesus is talking to. He's saying to these people who spent three years with him and who he taught how to pray, who he taught how to reach those that were struggling with sin and to heal the sick, to set free the captive, these people who had experienced much pain in their life, but also to authentically have a relationship with God the Father. That's who Jesus says disciples like are, people who are following him. And we're holding his commandments. So going and making disciples. We, we tend to do a decent job of the other things. Baptizing. Um, so I guess in the Catholic Church that would be the sacraments. Teaching them to observe. You know, do a decent job of, I guess that would be catechesis again for Catholics. But we suck at this making disciples thing. And I think that shows um, within the faith of our generation, where there's just been this collapse of people who have never had a real encounter with Jesus. And there's actually these um, studies, so you can look in Pew Research, and this actually, you know, this isn't, I don't know if you could say causation, but the best predictor that someone will, you know, like be at least like attending church regularly, and I, 
is, and it's crazy because if you look at these percentages, they'll just match perfectly. If someone like regularly attended church, so that would be like every week, which that, you know, that's maybe not the hallmark of what a disciple is. There's so much more than that, but that's you know the starting point is that if people believe that they can have a personal relationship with God or that God is personal and wants a relationship with them. So like you can look at these statistics and it's like, you know, okay, let's say within different church denominations, you know, 55%, let's say if like within evangelical church, there'd be like 55% believe that then it's going to be like 55% are regularly like attending church and Catholics have the lowest amount where most Catholics believe that God isn't personal, that God is not involved in their, their daily life or God is distant. And how I grew up is seeing God as the Santa Claus who, you know, he was a good guy and all, but he wasn't really involved in my life on a daily basis, didn't really, you know, love me deeply. I couldn't have a real relationship with him. He was just kind of distant, kind of up there. And so, you know, our generation, we have people who have, you know, one, never encountered Jesus. Two, we've had in our generation, I think as well, is turned off um, by impersonal institutions and especially very discriminating and not welcoming communities. This is this has always been a thing, you know, people having cliques, people having groups, you know, not being within an in-group. But I think in a real experience, um, for me, like for someone who's kind of sort of in a lot of ways really been an insider when it comes to a lot of these faith things within churches, in all honesty, I can hardly, I can't really say any church that I've been a part of, like if I just walk through the door, like this would have been my experience of feeling that I was extremely welcomed, that I was loved, that I was known, that people went out of their way to talk to me. You know, I had to, in different churches and different church communities I've been a part of, young adult groups, I've had to make that happen. I've had to go out of my way to talk to people. You know, if I was someone who didn't have much experience with faith, was just kind of trying it out, like, okay, here's the church, you know, I'm just going to go and show up and see what happens. I think all the churches that I would wouldn't have would have gone to and have been to, you know, I wouldn't have that experience of feeling like people really cared about me um, when going there. And I think even on a smaller level of different young adult groups and campus ministries and things I'm getting a part of. And once, like, this is not to hate on the churches or the different groups that I've been a part of. I think they're, a lot of these places are better than average, but the average is so crap. <laughs> but places where I've been to on a micro level and have felt judged, um, have felt not welcome for whatever, you know, but maybe like, I don't know what to say, but politics, you know, things that I believed or agreed with, or maybe it was how I looked at certain times or how I acted, you know, not feeling a part of a group. I think that's been a reoccurring. I've been very much, you know, I'm, I'm a super outgoing social guy and can talk to anyone about anything. But I've still had that experience at a lot of times going to groups, this kind of natural unwelcomeness or whatever it is. And I think I've known so many people, friends of mine, who were a part of different church communities and felt that and were just turned off and either left that community or left faith altogether. So first, you know, never having encountered Jesus in a way that transformed their life, just knowing the faith through facts or God is this impersonal God. Second is not being a part of a community and not being known and loved. So 
this is a big problem, and this problem is not going away. A lot of you know, a lot of people have this kind of assumption that you know, people who have this like this roots of when they grow up within some kind of church or church tradition that they'll later in life when they get married or have kids, they'll you know, they'll come back to the faith and just kind of, oh, well, we have kids now. Um, let's let's start, oh, we want our kids to have this faith. And what you see just kind of throughout statistics is that that is not happening really much at all for a lot of different reasons is one, these roots of faith, people have, maybe if they had had a bad experience with faith or within a church growing up, why would they want their kids to have that? Secondly, if you look at the numbers, most, like, I can't say most millennials, but compared to, you know, past generations, like, our generation is not, is, they're not getting married. Like, I actually work as a wedding DJ, and I've, I've always wondered about asking this, but if you look at the numbers, like, the rate of millennials getting married, I think a lot of things um, from growing up with just parents, many parents who have been divorced, um, of just not wanting to make that commitment for whatever reason, but not getting married, and you know, not in a lot of cases not having kids, and this poll um, of the church or of churches back that these people are going to imagine, like just kind of show up in our doors without any effort of ours, or um, we're just assuming that's going to happen and not actively making any steps to reach these people. It's just. It's stupid. Like, I mean, I'm, it's not stupid. It's just wrong. Maybe that's a better way of pointing it. It's just wrong. It's not happening. It's not going to happen for the vast majority of people. And always, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts and minds and bringing them and calling them constantly back to this relationship with God that where God wants to enter these people, li- these people lives and fill their hearts just with love that they're searching for. But just assuming that that's going to magically happen, it's not. And I think to our generation, to to you, I want to say that these churches, that these leadership, these places that have no idea how to bring young adults in, we cannot rely on them. We can't trust them to make it happen. Because in reality, well, one, they're not they're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to evangelize and reach young adults and like millennials, whatever you want to call us on a wide level, because they don't know how they're not equipped to, they've got too many problems as it is going on. And the reality, like it's not totally their mission. Why this is called a millennial mission is because this is our generation. This is our mission. We need to, as young adults, as people within individual, you and I right here within our own life, we need to make this our mission. And that's what it comes down to. It doesn't come down to, you know, of course, hopefully the, the church as a whole will continue to move towards that to get better at that. Then we may have better organizations and young adult groups because there's really not much out there. You know, if you're a youth ministry, you know, you can do Life Teen, White Disciples, something like that. If you're um, you know, there's things like RCA for Catholics coming in. You have that with young adults. I mean, like young kids, you have VBS, um, you know, like th- all these different programs. There's really not much out there for young adults. I think the, at least places that are, um, something that's replicable, you have Theology on Tap or ID 916, 
around where I live, but there's really not much out there. But we can't rely on these different organizations to fix this problem. The only way that this is going to change, that there is going to be a real solution, first is the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's where this all starts. But two is it comes down to you and me being that, taking this mission upon ourselves, even if we have no idea what we're doing, we don't know the first step of how to evangelize. We don't know if that means going out on the street and you know yelling at people or whatever it is. We don't know what we're doing. We need to take this mission seriously and make changes in our life to make this a reality. And first that starts, um, as Pope Francis talks about, um, he has this encyclical letter, fancy word, but basically it's this this really important letter that he wrote and he talked called an evangelium. Um, it means the joy of the gospel. And he talks about this gospel message. But he says, I invite any, everyone everywhere to encounter, to renew an encounter with Jesus Christ daily. And that's where it starts is where you and me, we need to follow this kind of route of the, like Jesus did with his own disciples. Where when the disciples first met Jesus, so you think about Peter um, or I guess Peter was called Simon then. But when um, when Simon or any of the disciples, when they first met Jesus, they met him. They encountered him. Like they met him right where they were in their life, in all their mess, in their daily life or daily work. And they, you know, they met the person of Jesus Christ. It wasn't, you know, a bunch of facts. They, They met the person. And we need to do that in ourselves. We need to encounter Jesus. Second, just like the disciples did, those that actually chose to follow him, we need to make a choice and commit to following him and then do that and follow him and learn his ways. And that's actually what a, a rabbi did back in the day. So um, pretty cool. But Jewish, like for, for instance, for uh, this is obviously for men um, growing up in Jewish society, you would grow up in kind of elementary school. Um, you would be taught basically the basics of reading and writing, basically enough for your your bar mitzvah to be able to read from that and so that you could be initiated as a man. And then a rabbi, what they would do, and so this was like pretty much all the schoolboys, pretty much. So if you're, you know, a boy in school, schoolboy, I never want to use that word. It sounds weird. He would invite, he would be like, okay, yeah, okay, you guys did your bar mitzvah. Okay, now... Um, he would say, follow me to the, to the ones that he thought were smart enough or good enough or whatever it is to go to the next level, you know, middle school, whatever the equivalent would be. And to those that, you know, didn't make the cut for whatever reason, he would say, go back and learn your father's trade. And this happened, you know, several times. And a couple things going on there is that when a rabbi was saying, come follow me, he was basically saying, you can do what I do. I believe that one day you could possibly do what I do. And so, Rabbi, and there's also this all the other saying like back in the day, and I'm stealing all the stuff from Focus basically, but that, you know, may the dust of your rabbi's feet um, land on you or land on your own feet. Meaning that you're supposed to follow a rabbi so closely, you know, follow this person so closely do everything that they do, you know, basically just ghost them, like hover behind them, (laughs) just be their shadow so that you learn how to do everything what they do. And we need to do that 
as disciples with Jesus. We need to go into the scriptures and see how Jesus prayed, how Jesus lived his life, how he encountered people who were sinners, the relationship he had with God the Father, um, how he was aware of the scriptures and he used them to combat the evil one. We need to be spiritually fed as disciples and we need to become more like Jesus Christ because, you know, we're not trying to convert people in a way of like, I want you to believe all the beliefs that I do and think the same things that I think. No, we want people to encounter Jesus because I know that's what changed things for me. You know, I had a kind of academic understanding of my faith or of the beliefs and, you know, that was great and all, but what things really change and how things have changed again is me encountering Jesus every day and knowing him. And so to really um, evangelize, and we'll spend way more, t- much more time, but we need to first be evangelized and encounter Jesus every day and follow him as disciples. And then finally, kind of as you can see with the disciples, where first they encountered Jesus, Second, you know, they spent three years living with this guy, following him, you know, even being sent out um, kind of on trial runs as it is. And then finally, you know, Jesus, like he died, uh, he died and was crucified, came back from the dead and crazy thing. And then that's when he says, you know, he fills them with the Holy Spirit. He fills them. I can't believe I just glossed with it. Fills them with the Holy Spirit. So the life of the Trinity the life of God, this basically the spirit of God that interacts in the world, in our lives, and that's how we experience God is from the Holy Spirit. And the power that we have to do any of this stuff comes from the Holy Spirit. And then, but finally, giving him a mission, and that's when he says, go make, disi- go make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father. Like what I said earlier, that's when he gives a mission. And this Holy Spirit changes them, and he sends them out a mission so that they bear fruit. And the reason that you and me are here today is because those people took that mission to heart. Those 12 disciples, those 12 apostles, I guess Judas didn't work out too well, but <laughs> those 12 apostles and you know the other people that are involved, they took that mission of making disciples. And that's why you and me are here today. That's why you're listening to me, other than you had nothing better to do or you want to listen to it. But is because these people made disciples. And we need to do it the same way that they do it. And let me clarify just again. This is your mission. This is my mission. Because we are the only ones who can do it. It's not like there is for other ministries. Like, for instance, for me working in a campus ministry, let's say I want to go and reach you know, students that are you know, not Catholic, that are agnostic, that are atheists, maybe have different beliefs. Like we have a lot of Muslim students here in Flint and so I want to reach them and have a conversation with them and, you know, not try to refill them, but try to build up a relationship with them. I know where to go for that. I All I have to do is go on campus, walk on campus, and, you know, start talking to people and meet people. And from that, and that's what have happened. We've had some people join the faith or come to belief in Jesus Christ or even join, you know, the church, the Catholic church. That's all I got to do. And that's the same thing with the high school. You know, what do you want to do? What do you have to do for that? You just go where high school students are. For young adults, it's not that easy. What do you do when people, they've left, they don't go to church anymore, um, maybe maybe on Easter, um, maybe on Christmas for those that have, you know, that we're Catholic. But we're looking even beyond that to not just Catholics that have fallen away, but those who have never been within a Catholic church their whole life. 
Now, we're not just constraining it to what this easier and what this easier, more comfortable thing, but to everyone. Because that's what Jesus says, all nations, go make disciples of all nations, of all people. So how do you do that? The real only way that we're going to be able to ignite this generation and make this lasting difference that's going to impact the world in America here, that we're going to change the course of history in America through faith. We're going to change the course of the Catholic Church where and the, the Christian church as well, where these churches, you know, aren't going to be empty when the baby boomers die or Generation Y or X, when these people who, you know, statistically have more faith and who are the ones now in our churches that our churches aren't going to collapse and continue to close and decline and become more irrelevant. But these churches are going to be places of community where people go and they know that they can be loved, where they know that they can bring anyone to. They know that they are constantly healed and fed spiritually by these places where they, most importantly, encounter Jesus through the people, through preaching, through the Eucharist, um, within the Catholic tradition, of course, through music, whatever it is, whatever these communities. But how do you actually reach these people? The only way that I can really think of doing this in a way that will work everywhere and for every place is that you and I are equipped to go on mission and to evangelize in, with people in our own lives, with people in our work, workplaces, wherever you work, whatever you do, you know, whether that's in a church, whether that's, you know, whether you're, you're in McDonald's or, you know, in an office or a park ranger, I don't know, any, any job, what you do, whatever you do, whoever you work with, with the people that you work with, with your friends, people that you've known your whole life, people that you've made friends with over time. Maybe you've you know moved to a new place. Within your friends, people that you hang out with. And I think it's also important for this is to find friends and to make friends with people who don't believe the same things that you believe. Not just so you can change them to be more like with you, more like you, but so that you can encounter them. And these are the people that you can build relationships with and hopefully that they encounter Jesus in from their relationship with you. And then finally, like our own families and like our own, you know, relationships, like romantic relationships, people that we're dating. This is the only way that this change is going to happen because where we're going right now in the church and within faith in America, it's faith is going to become more relevant more dead and it's going to continue to decline and this nation and world and just individuals that people who need to encounter Jesus like I know where I am where I was before I had a relationship with the Lord I, I was so angry so broken I had this hole in my heart that needed to be filled and that I was filling it with so many other things. And then, you know, it wasn't like this all happened all at once. But I know that Jesus has made all the difference in my life. Just the big difference. Like, that's why I'm doing what I do. Because of what's happened for me. Not because I want to make people just fall and believe all the same things. or have the same thoughts that I do. But because I 
really do believe that Jesus has made such a profound impact in my life that he can have it for anyone else, anyone, everyone, and even more. This is only going to happen if we make it happen. And it's not hopeless. It's not. It's not impossible. For God, all things are possible. And that's what this organization, this podcast, this mission, and hopefully more and more and more things, that's what this is aimed at, is we're going to solve this together. We're going to figure this out. This podcast is going to grow beyond you know, 50 plus people, wherever, how many people listen to it. And we're going to make this happen. It's going to be you and me. And I just want to invite you right now to join me on this mission, join me on this journey to learn how to first, how can we encounter Jesus in our own life? How can we follow him? How can we have an, like a wonderful prayer life that feeds us scripture that spiritually feeds us, you know, life of the sacraments, life living in community, which is so important. Other being with other you know, Christians and other Catholics and people who support us, who hold us accountable and push us to be better and to more closely follow Jesus. And then finally, learning how to go out and evangelize. What does that actually look like? Like, how do we do that in our own daily life, within our workplaces, you know, within our family, within our relationships and our friendships? We're going to do it. And I already have a lot of stuff kind of ready um, in the back, not podcast ready, but as far as, you know, some of the best, you know, this isn't what I've all learned from me. I mean, a lot of it is my own thoughts, but learning from some of the, what I frankly think are the best places in the country um, and some of the best books out there about how to evangelize, but also just practical daily experience. You know, I don't think I'm this amazing expert, um, but I am going to learn from the best of the best. Actually, this fall, I'm going to the Augustine Institute, which is the preeminent grad school um, when it comes to evangelization. And that's actually what I'm studying is leadership, the new evangelization. And I'm going to share everything I learned with you guys. And you're going to do that with me. That's what this comment section and other stuff is for, but is for this conversation to be our conversation because we're, we need to make it happen and we need to do it together. Cause the only way that this happens is if we do it together and we do it through the power of the Holy spirit. So join me. Um, let's do this. God has hope for this. He knows that this can happen. Whatever doubt and anxiety and fear you may feel or I may feel at times, you know, this isn't the first time the church has been in desperate places. This isn't the first time where there's been secularism, collapse, whatever. We can do it. And God's going to make it happen. But will you say yes? Well, you say yes right now and do that in your whole life. Whatever you need to do to make that happen, to make that priority, do it. But also here, just know that here, um, these podcasts, you know, subscribe. We have like a newsletter, like link below. So do that to stay in touch with us. Um, follow us, whatever. But we need to figure this out together. And this is, that's what this millennial mission is. It's supposed to be just me talking at you, but it's a, a conversation where we're going to learn how to do it and then we're going to do it. So thank you guys um, so much for listening. Please share this with people, um, especially within Catholic, Christian, and young adult circles. Let's share this and let's have this be the spark that lights this generation on fire. Thank you guys just so much for listening. Um, 
we're all a part of this mission, so, and that's where it starts is by listening. So thank you. I want to thank in particular our supporters on Patreon, especially Libby Petrowski. Patreon is kind of like Kickstarter. It's how we fund a lot of our equipment and improve the podcast. We're actually going to be adding video in the near future, and it's because of you guys supporting us on Patreon. So if you want to do that, just go. There's a link below. Like I said, there's a newsletter. Um, that's like the EPURL um, link, so click on that. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the normal things. Please share this podcast, comment, and do more stuff. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs>